Nurse Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast where we try not to eat our young. <laughs> Welcome to episode 11 of Two Humorous Nurses where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. Today's episode is all for our baby nurses. No. We just want to make life that bit easier for you all. We seem to get a lot of nursing students making contact with us on Instagram. Yeah, we have lots of nurses, nursing students following us. They seem to be it, like our main demographic. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> Bad habits. Uh, we're, <laughs> Don't we're follow gonna, them. <laughs> we're going to start with an awesome email that we got from Morgan in WA. So thanks so much, Morgan, for getting in touch with us. Um, she sent this to us a little while ago and Kelly's going to read it out and we're just going to um, talk a bit about it. So Morgan writes, I'm a third year nursing student from Perth due to graduate at the end of 2021 and I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel clinically incompetent and I'm afraid or embarrassed to go on our next placement. This year has been an absolute shambles, partly due to COVID, partly due to the fact that my university doesn't offer enough clinical learning opportunities. We have a fancy simulation lab with dummies who have heartbeats, blood pressures, etc. And 2.5 years into my degree, I've been in there once and that was in first semester. Mm. This year due to COVID, our practical labs got changed from one two-hour lab a week to two four-hour labs. Now, the university says that this is the same amount of time that we would have got in there anyway, but I think there's a huge difference between coming in each week and consolidating skills and being able to ask questions. It's not the same, is it? No. So Morgan's about to go on placement in December, but at this point she's only been into one hospital. She had a three-week rural rotation in August in a small private hospital with only surgical patients, ortho, hips and knees. I've never actually cared for a sick person before. I'm freaking out. As a third-year student, I should know what I'm doing, but I really don't. I don't feel comfortable attending to ADLs. I haven't had a chance to do that since my first placement in January 2019, and even that was only a two-week placement. Gosh. I know. She's like, I need to apply for grad programs in six months and that just seems impossible to me. I don't know anywhere near enough to be a real nurse and I can't even shower someone. Oh, Morgan. (laughs) Firstly, uh, some real nurses don't shower people either. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Kelly. (laughs) No. Um, I just feel so sad for Morgan. Um, Thank you for sharing your story with us. Not only has 2020 been challenging for, you know, the entire healthcare workforce, but the places that you are going to have your placements at, the staff there know what a shit year it's been for nursing students and they're going to forgive you for not knowing things and for not, like, often you might have the knowledge, but you might not have had any practice. Yeah. And I guess... That's kind of what your placements are for. And I know that you want to be equipped before you go there. But I mean, I think about in my clinical uh, labs at uni, I would like do the thing once and then never do it again until placement. So I think even I'd never put in a catheter before I became a grad. So there were lots of things or an NG tube. Like there are lots of things that I never did as a student. Yeah. Um, so not only in normal times do we not get enough clinical lab or yeah. clinical skills experience, but, you know, add 2020 and a global pandemic. Yeah. It's been such a shit year for nursing students. And there's and a big difference between doing simulation activities on a dummy in a bed than on an actual person. So some of those, I mean, I know at work, like our IV dummy arm, 
I mean, if you don't know where to put it in because there's like a thousand stab sites already there, yeah. like it's just not the same. And then when you go, you know, a dummy doesn't go, oh, yeah. or ow. And dummy don't, or, dummies don't move and they have perfect extension of that elbow. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah you, know, you know, you can put it in. A, it's like when you're doing um, a CPR practice on a dummy. Like you oh. put it in the spot that's perfect for you to do it, not on the bathroom floor behind half a closed door, yeah, you so know, kneeling true. on the ground yep. in the wet. Yep. Like it's not. nothing that you can learn at uni will set you I mean it might give you the basics so you have a general idea what to do Mm. but until you're standing in a room with a um a sick person in front of you and there's someone saying well you know what's her blood pressure what's her blood pressure what's her blood pressure and you you know you're struggling to do that manually because they want you to do it manually or whatever but no, just get in there and do it. Yeah, it's very and difficult to simulate that environment that you get in the hospital. And and I just want to reiterate that no one is going to expect you to no. know anything on your placements. No. And like we get nursing students come in and I just say, tell me where you're at and how can I support you? Yeah, that's because, right. Because, you know, and that's if, if there's anyone listening who works as a preceptor and who takes nursing students, that should be the first thing that you say to yep. them because there will be an expectation that they know th- certain things. But if they don't, that's okay because that's why they're there. That's right. And I think it's important that we acknowledge our role in supporting that's students. That's right, yeah. And knowing that, you know, we've had nursing students recently that literally have had no experience whatsoever. Yeah. And that's like, okay, well, I know that. And I know to treat you like and like you aren't an expert. And yeah. whereas we've had um, third-year students at the moment who are taking patient loads because that's where they're at. Yeah. But – and they've obviously had good placements in 2019. Yeah, right. But that we've had students and we get a lot of students who are online um, who don't have many face-to-face yep. anything. So when they come, we expect that they're not really going to have a good understanding of managing ADLs and prioritising their patients and medications yeah. and those sorts of things. So don't put pressure on yourself and just be honest with your preceptor yeah. about what kind of year you've had. But don't blame anyone because it doesn't sort of reflect no. well on you. But And go in knowing what you need to do for that placement. Yeah, So if sure. you know that you're coming in in your placement, you need to prove that you can do a complex wound dressing or... Um, Get on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Like Or... Seek those opportunities mm, out. Absolutely. So be really honest, like especially if you're on, um, you know, and you talk to the clinical support nurses or the educators when you come on and they're showing you around, make sure that you are aware of what your expectations are of that placement. Don't don't put any extra pressure on yourself. But you, most of the time you have a booklet you need to meet or you know what you have to meet and sign off. Yeah. The, the expectation from your training organisation. Training organisation, yeah, yeah. what they want you to achieve during that placement. And you should know that when you're going into it. That's right. But also that a lot of learning in nursing is opportunity-based. So yep. if you don't get the opportunity, no one's going to penalise you for that. No. But you need to make opportunities. Yep. You need to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. I don't think just because you buddied with Alicia for the shift. If Alicia's patients are really stable, that doesn't mean you can't go around and ask other people, does anyone have a dressing or – and even – I know we're not doing group handovers or anything, but you're allowed to stick your hand up and say, I've got these things that I need to do. If anyone has IV antibiotics or if anyone Mm -hmm. has, you know, a wound dressing or if anybody has a patient that needs a cannula Mm. or bloods or whatever you're doing on that, um, you know, ask. Students can't cannulate. 
Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I mean, I but couldn't yeah, even if it's just like ago, so. you know, put um, putting in a catheter or oh yeah, um, nasogastric or changing tube. even just little things like changing catheter bags or aspirating an NG tube or you know just things just like that. Anything that, it doesn't yeah. have you don't you're allowed to seek those opportunities from the other nurses on the shift. Yeah, exactly right. You don't have to just stick with your buddy. Yeah, um, but also get in there, mm. shower people. I used to elbow bitches out the way to get good stuff. I know, I was the worst too. <laughs> you could just imagine us, our shy, quiet type. <laughs> I literally would like, my ears would prick up if I could hear a nurse going, oh, I've got to do that. I'd be like, oh, I'll come. Yeah, do you need a hand with that? <laughs> and um, we, I did, I happened to do two placements at the hospital where I currently work. So, um, you know, you kind of figured out. Who were the nurses yeah. who worked out in the urgent care centre or who were your more senior RNs that were looking after the sicker patients and you yeah. try and buddy yourself with them. You know, you've really got to just try and take opportunities yeah. when you can get them. And um, whilst you are just a student, not just a student, but whilst you are a student, you you are allowed to um, have input. You are allowed to write in the notes. You are allowed to do mm, the handover. Yeah. yeah, like Alicia said, like pick someone you know. After a few days you'll get to know who are the – keen teaching types not yeah. all nurses like to teach or mm. like to take on students and you know they're the ones you want to try and avoid if you can but most of the time ward managers or, or ward um in charge nurses will know that and they won't buddy you mm. with them either I think it's important like while I was an overachiever on placement for sure I was an underachiever in class a hundred percent because I spent more time working than I did oh, yeah. going to my lectures and um I lived out of home and um, yeah. was like supported myself and so um, uni was my second priority after work and making money so yeah. that I could live but yeah. I think it's important to acknowledge that not all students are like us that some students are very shy yes or who don't have confidence I was confident that if I saw something once I could do it yeah same. but there are lots of people that don't learn that way there are yeah. lots of people that need to see it like three times and then assist with one but you've got to realize that in nursing it can be a little bit cutthroat and you do have to find... And we a, do eat our young. Well, and... Unfortunately. And I think nurses will lose patience with students who don't appear to be ambitious or don't appear to be enthusiastic. Yeah. While you need to allow yourself to be a beginner as a student and, and be open and honest with your um, preceptor, but if you're withholding information or if you're too nervous and shy to mm. attempt something, you can't expect that you're going to learn very well because a lot of the time nurses are very busy. They run off their feet. Yeah. They need someone who's going to be efficient and they need someone who's going to have some forward thinking skills. So just be mindful that even though different personalities tend to do better in placements, yeah. If you know that you're one of those nursing students who holds back a little bit or waits for somebody else to put up their hand, you get out what you put in. Yeah. If you're going to put in 100% and your preceptor knows that, they're going to do everything they can to support yeah. you. But there's nothing more frustrating as a preceptor if you've got a student who appears disinterested or indifferent to their placement yeah. or to what's happening. And nothing irks me more, actually probably the crash cart thing, but yeah. nothing irks me more <laughs> than when you say to a student – would you like to do this? And they go, oh, no, uh, thanks. I've done one today. Yeah. And I go, mm, okay, well, you don't get that option when you're a nurse. You just have to do it. Yeah. And if you've done 12 that day, you need to do the next one. Yeah. So that's something I, just to be mindful of that you that you get out what you put in and yeah. you, need, you need to grab hold of every opportunity and pull it close to you. And, yeah. Yeah. 
We did send some questions to a few of our nursing students that follow us that did get in contact with us. And nearly nurse Molly, she came back with a really good comment about how to prepare for placement. Mm-hmm. Um, honest to God, these students that follow us are amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I feel so relieved that there is a generation of nurses that are coming that yes, are actually going to be that are like, all over yeah. Them, yeah. <laughs> so for that question about how to prepare for placement, she's written back plan, plan everything and then plan some more. Be prepared for the hospital, for parking, lunches, the time it takes you to get there, prep some common diagnosis and medications that might be relevant for your placement ward if you get to know that in advance. And I just thought, I bet you did, Molly, because I follow your Instagram and you <laughs> Super prepared. Super organised. But I'm not a planner. <laughs> no, I'm not. I would fucking rock up and be like, what are we doing? What ward am I on? Righto. Oh, kids. Oh, so there's kids here. Righto. And that's just my personality. I'm yeah. not. I probably would have been like, make sure I know where to go. Yeah. But that prob- that would have been the Bit of a Rico drive pie and to see where the parking yeah, might yeah, be yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. So I, I am not a planner and I think that's purely personality. Yeah. But um, one thing she said that truly resonated with me is know what ward you're going to and know what kind of things you might yeah. see on that ward. And I think that will really help people who feel like they haven't got something to bring to the table you know like in Morgan's email just saying that she really didn't feel she was embarrassed to go to placement I think just know what ward you're going to have a look if you're going to a surgical ward who are their surgeons what specialties do they do yeah if you're going to a medical ward go over your respiratory assessment yeah that's right the basics just the basics yeah actually I did send Morgan some more questions to answer after that email Mm -hmm. and was she because obviously she was quite nervous about going placement? Yeah. I said, "What scares you the most about going on placement?" And she said, "I think it's the expectations, whether they're real or the ones I've just placed on myself. I don't know." Yeah, <laughs> um, you always hear that students aren't expected to know it all, um, that they're here to learn. But when I go on placement, I want to prove myself. I want to do well, and that kind of freaks me out. I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. Don't because so we yeah. still look. Like, I look like an idiot regularly. <laughs> <laughs> um. And she's afraid of hurting patients, making somebody sicker or potentially being the reason that somebody dies. That will never happen as and a student. You no. will never, no nurse would ever let you do something that would endanger a patient. Mm. Honestly, we'll push you out of the way onto the floor if we think you're going to do something yeah, that's absolutely. Um, and wrong. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, went, I did a um, clinical leadership, well, clinical, yeah, it was a clinical leadership and clinical supervision training. Like I did, anyway, I did a course. Yeah. And they, <laughs> shut up. And they really harped on the idea of safe houses. So like when you're a kid, you walk past the letterboxes and people used to have these safe houses stickers on their letterbox because if, if you didn't feel safe or something, you could go and oh, knock yeah. on their door. Yeah, right? yeah. Safety houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them in Perth. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Maybe they weren't that safe. Maybe. <laughs> So then she harped on that a bit and just saying that we need to be the safety houses for our nursing students and that students need to look and go, who are my safe people? Who can I go to? Who can I be honest with? Who can I talk to? Who do I connect with? Who do I respect as a clinician? And those are the people that you need to really grab onto. And they're going to be giving with their knowledge and they're going to be supportive of you and want to grow you up. And I think no one is going to expect more from you than what you expect from yourself yeah like the expectations you put on yourself are torturing you morgan yeah. and you need <laughs> yes. to calm the fuck down 
But um, I totally, I, I totally understand where she's coming from because I was a big one like that. I didn't want anyone to think I was a fuckwit. I yeah. wanted to be the nurse that the student that the nurses came to and said, "You come with me. We're going to go do this." And yeah, I was like, you wanted Fuck to be yeah, the one that people. Me. Yeah, yeah. That I wanted that too. Yeah. We've got a, another one, Beck. I don't know what her handle is on Instagram. Um, but she said that something to, like the opposite. She was like, she said that when she was on her first placement in cardiothoracics, she kept getting told over and over again that first year nursing students shouldn't be on this ward and it made mm. her feel so insecure. Well, Firstly, assholes. cardiothoracics are a bit like that. <laughs> I, I, I got sent. Special. Yeah, so I got sent to um, the step down cardiothoracics ward on a night shift because our ward was overstaffed. I don't know how that happened because that never happened. And they sent me upstairs because I was the most senior one on my shift. So they took me off in charge on my shift and put someone more junior Whoa. to do it to, for me to go upstairs, right? Because right. they, the night manager knew, the after hours manager knew that if they sent anyone else up there, <laughs> they would get eaten alive. Oh, my God. And I get up there and I got grilled. Firstly, I don't know anything about hearts. You know, I don't yeah. like them. Don't care. I just said to the girls, I can nurse the patients. Give me the lung patients. But like, <laughs> give me the ones that are going home tomorrow yeah, yeah. that are clearly not going to be an issue. Yeah. And, you know, they did make me feel very unwelcome. Mm. And I'd been a nurse for a long time. And you think, fuck then, you, I'm here to fucking help you. And also, then as a student, you think, well, I'm just here to learn and I can't do anything about my placement. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you don't take those people's, those small-minded nurses, often yeah. they're just at the end of their tether. Yeah. They've just had enough. They're yeah. burnt out. They shouldn't be there anyway, really. It's mm. a reflection on them, not you. Absolutely. Maybe a first-year nursing student getting cardiothoracics is a little rough. like, I mean, rough on you. Cause, yeah. But also good learning opportunity. For Do sure. some obs, learn something yeah. about an ECG. And learn how to put on, maybe even just put, <laughs> put on, on the dots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. But I'd, I just think don't let those one or two negative voices mm. bring down your entire student career yeah because you deserve to be there as much as anyone yeah and nursing is an aging population I don't know I'm a big one I always stand up for myself I think it's just something that's been sort of ingrained in me since I've grown since I was a kid so I've I'm a big advocate for like say to that person oh well I actually didn't choose yeah to come here so I'm just happy to learn what I can and be you know, any help that I can. But also, like, I just want to mention that, again, if you're a preceptor listening to this, the nursing students are not there to do the shit jobs and they're not there to be your lackeys and to do all your showers and do all your jobs so that you don't have to. They need supervision and they need support and guidance. (laughs) When you say the supervision, Molly has written on here and I only just read it before you said it. Always needing to be supervised whilst on the ward, even to just put some nasal prongs back on. Oh, yeah, no. I, I <laughs> Pretty sure you can put prongs on. I'm happy for you to do that unsupervised. <laughs> I had a student not long ago who, like, I'd never worked with before and she came out to the urgent care centre with me and we were having a flat-out day and she was so good, like, really helpful. She was probably a bit much, but she was really helpful, really wanted to learn and, yeah. like, wanted to analyse ECGs and I was like, just don't worry about that. Like, worry about that when you're a... You yeah. know, when you've been a couple of years out and you, you know, or anyway. And still can't. And I was like, oh, we need to do bloods on this patient, rah, rah, rah. And then because I'm pregnant, I go to the toilet every 10 minutes. So I went to the toilet and I came back and she was sticking in with the needle. Uh. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. And she's like, I knew you'd be fine with it. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> I, oh. So you encourage them and empower them so much they just feel <laughs> like they can. You're such a good teacher. Oh, no, I try and give them like enough lead 
to hang themselves with? Is yeah. that what it, no, no. I try and just keep enough. them just at arm's yeah. length so then they know I'm here if they need the support. Yeah. And obviously I want to fucking supervise them if they're going to stab a patient. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so don't go doing that. Although I was relieved that she got it. And she is already a nurse in a bigger hospital. Yeah, an enrolled nurse. An enrolled nurse. So when I did my <laughs> RN placement, I was an enrolled nurse, had been yep. for like 10 years. And I remember standing there and the nurse was – um. I was on a, oh, I don't remember what ward I was on, but anyway, she she knew I was a nurse because <laughs> I'd worked with somebody else on the ward in another hospital, and sure. so because I don't never told them that I was a nurse. Yes, most right. people caught on real quick because mm. I obviously knew the terminology. But she left me to hang a bag of blood. I was like, ooh, a no. <laughs> like she walked out of the room, and I said to the patient, "Oh, she must be coming back soon." And then after 10 minutes, she still hadn't come back. Just hit the staff assist well, button. <laughs> no, I just, I rang the, like I actually rang the buzzer because yeah, yeah. I couldn't see her anywhere. Yeah. And another nurse came in and I said, oh, we've got to hang this blood, but I'm a student. Like I can't, mm. I can't check, like I can't even check it. No, like, exactly right. <laughs> and she goes, well, where's so-and-so? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. She just took She off. come back and she was like, why haven't you hung it? I'm like, I'm a student. <laughs> and she's like, oh, but you're a nurse. And I'm like, no, I'm not, not today. today. I'm and student. I found that really difficult yeah. when they, most of them were fine. But yeah, like if you are an EN doing your RN, it, it is a fine line. Mm. And you can go and you can hang that blood and do whatever, but you can't sign it and you can't be alone doing it. Yeah, and exactly right. I did my final placement in ED, eight weeks in ED. I didn't choose ED. I don't even know how I got in there. That wouldn't have even been a preference on my list. Like, pretty sure my first preference was like surgical. You and I are so funny. And then we get in there, get in there, and I just I got buddy with one person, and I followed her roster for the whole eight weeks. Oh, it was I love amazing. That. She yeah. was so good. We did they need nights to do that in more places. Yeah. And I, I said to her, "Tell me what you want me to do so that I can just work my shift with you because I can take patients because I, you know, obviously know how to yeah. time manage." Yeah. And she's like, oh, you, this is going to be so fun. And so she's like, just do OBS, uh, you know, your assessment and all that. And she showed me how to do it, showed me the paperwork and we were on a roll and everything was good. And then we had this um, bloke come in and just an old guy and he diabetic, type 1 diabetic and um, he had an ulcer on his foot. And I just remember hooking him up because we were in like whatever assessment area, hooking him up to everything and doing his OBS. And I just automatically did an ECG because that's what we'd done on mm. everybody. Yeah. And then I went off to get stuff to do a dressing on the foot ulcer, which was so stinky because he oh. hadn't had a dressed in weeks because yeah. low socioeconomic and yeah. he couldn't get around. And and then I come back and he's not there. And my preceptor come running over and she's like, oh, my God, Kelly, you didn't tell me that bloke was having chest pain. And I said, uh, he, mm, not, he wasn't. Like, yeah. He was having a non-STEMI. And she's like, why did you even do an ECG then? I said, I don't know. We just do them on everybody. I just, because they were all at the machine. And when you hook them up, it prints out on the flight desk, which is like the big centre. And there's literally a junior doctor that just sits there and reads every ECG. And he must have, I could just, in my head, this is what he did, like real Grey's Anatomy style. Like it come off and he and he's like, we got one, we got one. We the got patient one. was gone. Yeah, that's maybe it was a STEMI actually. Okay. We got one. Like I just imagine him jumping up all while I was in the dressing room getting all the dressing. I've been waiting prepped. my whole year for this moment. <laughs> and then I was like, is he is he going to cardiac? I'll follow him to cardiac. Like, and they're like, oh, no, he's, again, cardiac must have been almost shut. But it was. Um, that's funny. It just pays to work with your buddy, like to know what to yes. do. Like I don't know why I did an ECG on that particular patient. Mm. I just want to say as well, as a student, just know what your scope is. There's a lot of times where mm. I say to a student, are you allowed to do that? And they go, oh, I don't know. And it's like, well, have you done it in your labs? 
and they don't actually know what they're capable of doing at that very moment in time. That's something that you can do to prepare for your placements. Know exactly what you can and can't do because if you're being sent especially if you're being sent to a small hospital, the nursing scope of practice is huge. So, you know, I can do things in our hospital that I would never, ever do if I worked in a bigger hospital. Yeah, exactly. So you want to be able to say, yep, I can do that, let's go, and not spend 15 minutes trying to contact the educator or, you know, messaging your um, whoever your yeah. teacher is or your whatever. And look up policies and procedures for things. So if you know that during your placement – you're going to have the opportunity to do a pick dressing exactly or put in a nasogastric tube yep. or catheters like there are options that you might you know you're on a gastric ward or some oh, gastric ward a gastro ward and you know the patients are going to be having um, need to decompress their stomachs after surgery or something you know you might be able to do that so be prepared on those first couple of days and see if you can jump on um, a computer somewhere and download the policies and procedures for those ones so you can look them up Go and take them home and read them. And yeah. watch YouTube yes. videos on it. Yeah. Like, honestly, YouTube is great. There's so many educational channels on there. We had to do it and to put an implant into a stomach, a hormonal implant. I'd never done it before. I'd actually never seen it done before because everywhere else doctors had done it because they put local anaesthetic in yeah. and then do it. But now we have this new cool thing that we use. So we don't have to use local anaesthetic. It mm. just literally numbs the area for insertion. Wow. But then we get to do it. Oh, my goodness. My and my colleagues sat at the computer watching videos of people do it on people without anaesthetic, honest to God. The ju- and then the internet was oh slow, God. so it was all slow motion. It was, like, <laughs> it was so funny. And then the first time we did it, I just remember taking the cap off it and thinking, oh, my God, fucking massive. I have to stick that <laughs> in his guts. And I was, like, trying to kind of hide it from him so he couldn't oh see God. it. He'd had, like, six of them before, so he knew what to expect. Right. And he's like, yeah, just shove it in. Don't worry about it. And I was like... Okay. okay and he's like don't go slow mm. and I was like oh okay <laughs> and I just remember like shoving it in and thinking oh god and like <laughs> left a hole like it was that Holy big crap. after you know I'd never seen it done before yeah so I think something else that might be reassuring to students so I did my grad year great yep did uh surgical kids and theater and okay when you're a student in theater you have no idea what the fuck is going on. You, it, <laughs> it just is, cool, it is so, so foreign. To touch anything. It is so foreign <laughs> that you do not know the name of one piece of equipment that is in, except maybe oxygen tubing. That's probably the only thing you know when you go there, and you don't learn anything from theatre at at uni. Nothing. No. So then, I used to look at what's on the list for the following day. I would take a photocopy or I'd write it down. I wouldn't take a photocopy because it's got patient yeah. detail. <laughs> I'd write down what the procedures. procedures were or what surgeries were. And I knew I had two separate preceptors, one for gynae and one for general. I knew that I was in gynae for um, eight weeks and then I was in general for eight weeks or whatever it was. So I'm like, okay, well, I know that I'm going to be in the gynae theatre tomorrow. So what gynae surgeries are we doing tomorrow? So I knew that I was going to be scrubbing for like DNCs or um, stops or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'll write down the surgery that's on for tomorrow and I will go home and watch videos and learn the names of the common instruments for those surgeries and at least then I'm equipped with something. I mean, the first thing you learn as a grad when you go to theatre is how to put your freaking gown and gloves on in a sterile way. So I'm like, okay, if that's the one thing I learned today and if I can nail that, then that's good. Because 
you know, you're a fully fledged nurse and you walk into and and you've been operating (laughs) on your own for eight months. And then you walk into the theatre and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And everyone's like, just stand behind next to the wall and put your hands behind your back. Don't touch anything that's blue. I'm like, great. (laughs) So, I mean, it's not, it's not all bad. I loved theatre. Absolutely loved it. I remember a surgeon said to me, it's just like setting a table for dinner. (laughs) He's like, you have your salad fork, you have your fish fork. You have your fork and then you have like your butter knife. i never set a table you, like No, that. me either, but you know. And he said, you have to be one step ahead of me. Yeah. So learn what comes after what. So if I ask for a scalpel, I'm going to want some pickups. Yeah. If I ask for a clamp, I'm going to want a tie. If they're going to want some sutures, they're going to want some scissors. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, just be prepared. And he goes, it's knife, fork, spoon. Yeah. If anyone says scalpel, which they do. And then the first time I did it, I was like, oh my God. Handing him a scalpel. <laughs> in the big in the yellow, yeah. yellow dish. <laughs> and then I love it when they just throw it back at you. You're like, oh, God, it's a scalpel. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so don't be afraid of what you no, don't know. Like no. you will never know enough. And even Kelly and I were just <laughs> saying before, what was it that you only just learnt? Oh, oh the, <laughs> the little triangle to count pills. I just thought you tipped your this is so embarrassing. I just thought you tip your pills on it so you have a surface to count it on so they don't roll away. Why would it be a triangle though? I don't know. So <laughs> Why would it have a I don't know. <laughs> so then a few years ago, I'd been a nurse for like 17 years. I tip it out and I start counting and the, the person that I was with, he's like, uh, just tip them all into the corner so they all line up. You just count them and the numbers are at the top. I was like, what is this Mind blowing. I was like, oh my God, it works. And he goes, yeah, why wouldn't it? And I was like. Yeah, but I didn't know what it was for. And he just looked at me like, oh, you really are an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, nursing doesn't, you never stop learning. And you never, you think like you'll graduate and then you'll go on and do your grad year. And then you're like, yeah, I know it's done. Uh, Nah, like I still, I'm just about to enroll in another grad certificate. Like I'm so done with learning, but you have no choice. Do you know how many times I had to Google lap collie and IOC in my grad year? Because I could never remember what the fuck it was. And then what, I'm like, oh, what is this IOC? I keep forgetting. And it's intraoperative calangiogram. Yeah. But I literally, I could, every time I had lap collie and IOC, I'd pick them up from recovery and be like, yeah, totally. And I'd get back and Google. I bet you never set the table up the wrong way for it though. No. <laughs> wrong bladder, Kelly. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know if that was helpful for anyone, but I really (laughs) hope it was. Ask questions. Don't be afraid. Be prepared. Don't put any expectations on yourself. And have fun. Nursing is fun. It is fun. I love the cool shit that we get to do. So cool. And find your your safe people. And as in like a student, you have no responsibilities. Yeah. (laughs) So you get to enjoy all all that fun shit. Yeah. In the way that nobody else, like yeah, you're so true. just, I mean, when you graduate, life's over, mate. You've got mm. so much more She's responsibility. Lying. No, it's the best. Just but your weekends are over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've, my weekends are free. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> hate you. Thanks for listening to Two Humorous Nurses. Remember that you baby nurses are our future. We do love you, oh, even though you piss us off sometimes, but that's okay. <laughs> Oh, with this ageing population that nursing is. I think the average age for nurses is in the 60s. Oh, so you're bringing that number up. <laughs> it's important to grow our nursing future and we really do need you all. To follow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> 
Um, actually, I just wanted to mention that our next episode is going to be all about nursing your mental health yep. um, and all about how we look after ourselves as nurses because we felt like that was so important to talk about, especially in 2020. And, um, you know, our nursing students, no one is meaner to you than you are to yourself. <laughs> like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And Morgan's email just broke my heart. Like, oh, I've I don't... never been more, like, happy to get an email and yeah. sad at the same yeah. time. I was like, oh, someone emailed. I'm like, oh, Morgan. Oh, it's really sad. <laughs> but she did write at the end, I've questioned a lot this year why I'm doing this and if it's the right thing for me, but your podcast has reminded me that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and nursing can be a really great career. Oh, we're inspirational oh. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> nursing, oh, what do we get? Like, minspo. Nursing. <laughs> nursing inspo. Nursing. Because sure as shit ain't fitspo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, I'm... I'm Mentally. Yeah, mentally fit. Oh, well, we won't even go there. Nah. <laughs> I can swim well. <laughs> if my pool's not I was never I a runner. Swim. <laughs> swim? Swim. Can't speak. Kelly needs exercises for her tongue so she can learn to be more oh, articulate. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay, we digress. Follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with the latest updates and episode sneak peeks. You can find us at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. Email us with your topic suggestions and any feedback you have, your stories and even questions and your self-love techniques. What do you use? Yeah, and actually we really want your Christmas stories too because we're going to do a Christmas special and I might even sing a Christmas carol. No, I'm kidding. No, no, you should. (laughs) Alicia's a really good singer. I didn't actually believe it till I saw her on stage. (laughs) But she really is. I blew her fucking mind. No, she did. I was like, oh, God, why do I have to go? But she was good. So, uh, humorousnurses at gmail.com is our email. That's humorous like the bone. H-U-M-E-R-U-S nurses at gmail.com. So, send us an email. Bye. Bye.